Hello everyone and welcome to Supernatural Junkies. This is Alex. We are here today. We have some very special guests besides just Kevin. He's our usual. He's not special. I mean, not like that. I am usual, but somewhat special. (laughs) He's very special. I can be special on certain days. Sometimes. Like holidays. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Or when he's wearing a special (laughs) stupid shirt. But today he's got a great shirt on. He's got his Jesus shirt on. It says, I'll be back. That's right. And he will. He's wearing shades. Right, which is perfect because we do have some guests and one of them has come back. Look he at did. that. We have a resurrection of a guest who's That's come right. back to the show. It's, it is part two with Dr. Daniel Bernard. Yes, it's going to be awesome. And we have somebody extra special in his life who is going to be extra special in our life too. And her name is Kathy Bernard. That's his wife. And she's here with us today too. I just want to say a few words about her because she's amazing. But they've been married for 39 years. Can you believe that? What is that in dog years? I I what up oh, math? I can't not right now. All right. We should say Surely. lady years because you know lady years are like you know, one year of marriage seems like how many? <laughs> Forty depends 40. on the marriage, I guess. But <laughs> but that's a long time. That's something. Congratulations, you guys. Thank say you. hello. So they hello, can hello hello. <laughs> uh, and she is a co-founder with Dr. Daniel of the Somebody Cares Tampa Bay. She's also an author and co-author of a book called Me, Tarzan, You, Jane. She has her own book as well. What is the name of that book? Journey Through the Valley. Journey Through the Valley. That's awesome. And um, you know how we usually start with a supernatural story? We have, in the most recent episodes, been so jam-packed full of information to get out that we have foregone that. We actually have some supernatural stories today. And we're going to let Dr. Daniel start, and it is the story of his testimony. Well, we I want to review with Dr. Oh, the okay. last episode. This is part two. So Dr. Daniel Bernard started Somebody Cares Tampa Bay, and, um, you know, God really even called him to Tampa Bay. And, you know, I've, I've known of Daniel for, for many years, and so for me, you know, one of the obvious things is that the church needs to really start working together if, if we're actually going to have a real impact on the world and society. And, and then the larger thing is that if pastors can't love each other, how is the world going to believe that Jesus loves them? That's right. and, and that's really key. And uh, so I've always had some things that I've worked on to try and bring people together and very marginally successful. And so when I think about uh, Daniel, he's done, been able to pull people together, pastors together, churches together to do things that give glory to God, you know, as, as a body of believers. So these are the kinds of things, um, you know, that Somebody Cares Tampa Bay gets together. So we talked about some of uh, CareFest and we talked about some of the food programs they did. Originally, some of this stuff even started when your trips to Nigeria. And of course, we also talked about uh, it's called the Live. It's a prayer meeting, and he has special guests on there. And uh, we also talked about the movie The Favorite. And uh, this is something that happened to his son. It's just an absolute miraculous. And that's where... Amazing. Exactly. That's where the book came in as well, the testimony. So that's we talked about that on the last episode. So um, this episode, um, they have a new project that they're working on. And uh, we just call it the Testimony Project. And we thought, well, before we tell you about that, Maybe we should give some testimonies and see where God, and it's really a powerful testimony of how God can work in all of our lives and call us to something bigger, bigger than what we have now. It's a recognition too that Christianity is a spectrum, right? But these are obviously two people that are doing more than just talking the talk. They are talking and walking in that light. They, you know, he was saying that uh, what you deliver for your food pantries, 18,000 pounds of food, right? You repel, was that it? I, I don't no, know exactly. It's every month, just in just in our right. location, it's 32,000. That's it half in, of, yeah, half, right? So we, we've 32,000 pounds. So we established six other locations where they get a food truck every month, that same 32,000. That's incredible. Every month. That That's an incredible amount of food. So it's, it's more than just talking about it right they're actually doing something about it and that's another reason why we love having them on here right we we want to hear more stories like this amen so um i guess we should start with ladies first right okay (laughs) well um the thing that i i want to say even before i share my testimony is that i was 
I was raised in a Christian home. And so um, sometimes as uh, kids raised in a Christian home, maybe we didn't go through a lot of of bad stuff. And so we get in our minds that we don't have a testimony. But I want to tell everybody that everyone has a testimony. Amen. Because God comes in and he changes things in our lives um, so that we uh, can know him in a personal and real way. So don't ever think and accept that thought that you don't have a testimony before you do. So anyway, I'll share my testimony. Um, I was fortunate to grow up in a good home with three brothers and great parents. Um, They taught me at an early age to know and love God, but I really struggled with knowing um, who God was. I didn't have a personal relationship with him um, until I I was still young when I got to know him, but I didn't just want to believe something that my parents had told me, you know, because they teach you all the way while you're growing up. So I, I wanted to learn more and really know him for myself. And although I was very involved in activities in school, I never was really in, accepted into the groups or invited to the parties. <clears throat> and even um, at school, I just felt invisible and alone. And that's where I was kind of glad I had youth group where I could plug into friends and stuff at church. Um, or I would have really, really been depressed. Hmm. So at a a young age, I realized I'd done wrong and that I needed God. And so I came to an understanding that God loved me and that he accepted me and he loved me no matter what. And he didn't care if I was smart, if I was pretty, if I had lots of money, if I had lots of friends or anything else. And I came to realize that Jesus came to die on the cross for my sins. And not only did he die, but he was resurrected from the dead. And now he lives in heaven, preparing a place for me in eternity. And when I realized that I didn't have to feel alone anymore, because God promised he would never leave me or forsake me, and that he was always going to be there for me and helping me in my life, um, I entered into that personal relationship with God. And God delivered me from having to experience addictions and wrong relationships because uh, my decision to follow him at an early age kept me from those things. So that was good. And he took away the loneliness. And I know um, that I'm accepted and loved by him no matter what. And I know that he's with me and he's directing my life. He's helping me to make decisions and set goals for myself. Amen. And you know, the amazing thing is how many of us you know, even when we are Christians, we really do feel alone. That that footprints, you know, poem talks about feels like these times we go through that. But, you know, how many people feel alone, even though they're in the church? You know, and that testimony right there tells you, hey, listen, this is about Jesus, you know, and, and that's why you're still feeling something missing in your life. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's what's so powerful. And that's why we all have a testimony. And how old were you when you decided that, to make that decision that you didn't you could do that that you didn't have to feel alone right i was actually nine years old wow yeah i i uh accepted the lord with my twin brother (laughs) wow (laughs) but i realized the thing is that sometimes we can grow up in a situation where we're believing what we're told and we have to come to a place where we believe it for ourselves it becomes real and personal for ourselves and then um not to say that during high school, like I said, I still struggle with being lonely and really getting solid in that relationship with the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. So, At nine, see, that's, you know, we were raising, you know, Christian boys, obviously. And I always wonder, that, because as a parent, you're like, we tell them, right? And you go through stories and you, you have your own testimony. But I always wonder, like, are, when does that become real for them? I so much want that for them. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I know that's a decision. Uh, they have to be moved, right, in their heart to make that decision and find yep. that for themselves. Yeah, I know. And I'm like, oh, I know when we'll see it when we see it. Did your parents know when that happened? Or yeah, I, my I my my uh, father was a pastor, so oh, okay. you know he baptized us and everything. Yeah, so, it makes a difference. Yeah, but. Wow. You know, but the thing is, is sometimes in the church, I remember going to church camp 
in the summertime in the you kind of felt guilty um that you had good parents and everything right. because these kids would stand up and tell how bad they'd been and everything and that's why sometimes you start believing a lie that oh that's that's the testimony right but no i have a testimony that god spared me and protected me from going down a lot of terrible roads and yeah. making a lot of bad decisions that would affect me for for life there's no doubt yeah. i mean that's why god gives us parents yep. and uh and that's how one glory leads to another and you know you have people that's that right. depend on that and you learn you know i mean it's amazing that you came to that mm-hmm. i remember having a lot of mixed feelings around that time and it was probably my early teens where i really i actually realized you know i needed to actually follow jesus mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah so. yeah it's i think it was the expulsions that that helped me <laughs> <laughs> That's all I have to say about that. <laughs> well, we have to realize that he's not only our Savior and saves us, but he wants to be our Lord. Yes. And that's where a lot of us have to walk in that that growth process of allowing him to become more of our lives in our right. decisions and who we are and, and what we're doing and everything. And it's always a growing process. Yes. Well, and we, we're still growing. <laughs> I, I love that he just had his you know, arms around you, keeping you safe and insulated though, from the time you were young, what it, it really is idyllic, you know, in some way, it, it really is a testimony too of your parents. Of when you have Christian parents, you know, it's those, those angels that he says are surrounding you on each side of you. that are just swatting the bad things away. Like, Nope, <laughs> Nope. Get away. Get away from her. She's mine. Get away. Get away. You yep. know? And in some ways you're like, wow, you know, isn't that what we all want for our children? Right. Right. That really is as much as you're like, wow, I mean, it's isn't it great to have a testimony when you have these, uh, you know, sure, it builds character. But I don't know. I'd like a little less character, right. <laughs> you know, truth be told. Well, you know, I the, wouldn't have minded that. The newest statistic right now is that only 18 percent of kids actually have a two parent family. Mm-hmm. You know, you really can see, you know, talk about the future like, wow, maybe pretty soon we could be have the government says, hey, you, nobody should have kids. Right. <laughs> and, and it's a pretty good argument that they have destroyed. You the mean family. nobody should have a birthing person that's right. and a non-birthing person in their yes. life? <laughs> I know that's what we're talking about. Mm. Right? Hey, what are fathers called then if the woman is a birthing person? I don't even know. I mean, a woman, whatever they're called, a womanizer. I, <laughs> no, but you know, because you can't put an n or an e in it now. Now it has to be some some other weird spelling of y. So what is it? You know, what is that? What are men called? I'm waiting for you to say. I have no idea. Well, all I know <laughs> is that parents are important That's in, right. in having good influences mm-hmm. in your life. Um, and you know what? There are there are kids that stray. So I would say to parents, you know, your par- your prayers don't go unheard. And you keep pouring into your children. Because even, right. you know, in our yes. situation, we have six kids. And unfortunately, a couple of, of them aren't... Go- walking the way they should but they know scripture they know the truth and that's because we've poured into them so that now we can continue praying say bring them to a place where they will want to have that personal relationship so um it's it's important that we keep on pouring and praying (laughs) pour and pray (laughs) yeah so Daniel, I guess uh, be your turn. And uh, so okay. we, we got to hear a lot of things that God's doing in your life, but where did it start for you? Well, uh, quite different from my wife. Uh-oh. Yeah. I was, you know, I, I was raised in a Catholic home. And, uh, well, I can't say, and I'm not against Catholic, Catholicism. Well, okay, let's put it this way. I'm not trying to, you know, kick Catholicism to the curb, so to speak, but... Sure. Uh, most I went to Catholic uh, high. It's a spectrum. We know. I went to yeah. Catholic high school, and pretty much I only knew one girl throughout all the kids that, that I knew who was really I could say, okay, that person's serving the Lord. I mean, I'm talking not even the priest because the priests were like they were, you know, the dad's club was doing the alcohol thing, and you know the priests were like they're all everybody's. You know, yeah, I knew all, plenty every, of priests that were. You know, I went to Catholic school. There, you know, we, I remember the weddings that, you know, they were invited to. A lot of them were heavy drinkers. Oh, yeah. They were, tra- yeah. They're, they're getting trashed, you know, for yeah. sure. Yeah. And so, anyway, 
you know, the bottom line is that uh, I grew up in, uh, you know, really not knowing the Lord. I never, the whole time I was in Catholic school, never read the Bible once. Nope. And um, it's not encouraged either. No, no, of course not. You know, um, you know, so since only the Pope can interpret it. So why do you need to read it if he can really (laughs) interpret it? So anyway, so, you know, I can he. So I just the whole idea is that, uh, you know, I I came to a place where I was uh, gone, went on to college. I was a big baseball guy. Uh, You know, my dad was trying to raise me up uh, as, you know, pitcher. From my high school, I was a quarterback from my high school, so you know I was one of those guys, and uh, so I and, and I'm thinking I'm I'm going to be a pro, you know I'm gonna, I'm going to be a pro baseball player. So my senior year, I had uh, I, I was pitching opening day, you know, and uh, I had nine major league scouts there watching me. Wow! I had so I was I had twelve strikeouts after five innings. I was throwing a no hitter. <laughs> and uh, the, uh, the 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 next batter, you know, it's a full count, and I uh, threw a pitch. It was it was a ball in itself, but uh, but the guy swung, you know, and, and 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 the umpire said he checked his swing, and I like and I was livid, you know. So he got he walked and so forth. So the next next batter, next pitch, I get up there, I'm on the mound, I'm mad, and I'm just going, you know, I'm just going, like, I'm going to throw that ball right through the umpire's head, you know, I just so, and so with that anger, I forgot about all the mechanics that I needed to do, and so forth, and I hurt my arm, mm. uh, you know, tore tendon in my elbow, so pretty much, you know, I came back at the very end of the year, which I shouldn't have, uh, but basically, you know, I was out of baseball for about two years. Wow. And, and uh, they didn't have the Tommy John surgery back then and all that right. kind of stuff. So I was just like, you know, I was out in just la-la land. Just that was the end of your potential career then, right? Pretty, pretty much. I mean, I ended up going to Florida Southern College and playing baseball there. Uh, God had an opportunity to play uh, for, uh, you know, did tryouts with Pittsburgh and the Phillies and so forth. But, you know, the, wow. you know, but they wanted to. You know, they wanted to give me, you know, just go to rookie league, give me a thousand dollars a sign, five hundred dollars a month, or something like that. Something ridiculous, you know, mm. eating hot dogs and traveling. I just said, yeah, I don't want to do that, you know, because usually if you don't get big money, the likelihood of you making it. Mm-hmm. So I just said, nah, I'm just, I just said no. I, you know, what should have, could have, would have, whatever. But I just go like, yeah, no. So, you know, so college was it, you know, and just played college ball, but. What happened with that is that even though I was, I definitely was not a good kid uh, necessarily. I mean, when I say that, I was definitely uh, chasing girls, chasing women, drinking. But it it went to another level once I hurt my arm. Yeah, you know, and I started getting super depressed and everything else. And uh, and at the same time, my dad, you know, he died at fifty three, and mm-hmm. uh, from a second his his second bypass surgery was mainly due to careless living, right? You know, alcoholism and so forth. And so it came to a point where I was going like, okay, I'm out of college now. Now I'm going to straighten up my life. I'm going to stop drinking. I'm, you know, I'm going to fly right and all this kind of thing. And I find myself, I continue to drink. And you know, there would be a period of time where I was going, like, okay, I'm going to stop. You know, but there, this big come, this big party would come along, and all of a sudden I'm back at it. And I'm like, so I came to a place. I started getting scared. I'm going like, man, I'm going to repeat my dad's life here. You know, and I was like, how can I get off this, you know, uh, hamster wheel here? You know, just merry-go-round. And, 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 you know, so I, I started getting into positive thinking and I started reading positive thinking books. And just fortunately, one of the books that, you know, I think it was Norman Vincent Peale, The Power of Positive Thinking. No, oh, wow. I think, was that it? Yeah, I think it was so. Yeah, Norman Vincent Peale, The Power of Positive Thinking. But in the back, he said, read the Bible. Right. And I said, oh, wow, that's, that's cool. Let me do that. So I went home, dusted off my range Douay Catholic Bible and opened mm-hmm. it up in Genesis and started reading the begats. You know, I said, and right, like, and I went, no. I don't know what what Norman Vincent Peale's thinking about, but that doesn't sound like it for me, you know. So, but anyway, so you know, but God was stirring, and and, uh, it was a Halloween night, you know, and uh, you know, forty, you know, one years ago, uh, for you know, and and it was uh, just on Halloween, and I was went to this big kegger. This girl was having it. We messed around. She passed out, and you know, all these people were there. And, you know, it was just a big blowout. And then I'm, as I'm going, I'm about to leave the party, walking out, I'm seeing my brother. He's laying on the floor with a woman 
like probably twice his age. Oh. And there's drugs all over the place. And I got in the car and I said, oh, not only am I screwing up my life, but I'm leading my brother down the same path. <laughs> and I, I began to cry out to God. I said, God, if you can change my life, you know, I mean, if you can show me you're real, you know, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll give you my life. So nothing happened, you know. No lightning. No lightning. Nothing happened. <laughs> That's so uh, weird. And so, you know, then my, my, my friend, who was a, for, a former fraternity brother with me, uh, at at uh, Florida Southern, he got the city planning job at Cle City Clearwater, and so <clears throat> and he started going to this church right down the street, and he invited me to go. He wasn't saved as, either, so but I said sure, I'll do anything once, uh, you know. So, <laughs> and so you need to talk to my son. There's a few things he just won't eat, <laughs> even one oh time. So I, I so I so I went, and I, of course I was into positive thinking. You know, he, this guy was preaching against sin, and we're like, oh, that, I got negative vibes. I got negative vibes because he's preaching sin you know, against sin. And we're like, okay. So, but anyway, bottom line was that. But then I, I started. I, uh, you know, still the whole thing was to read the Bible. As that, that was in the back of my mind. And I was walking through the Clearwater Mall, and they had these living, you know, kind of translations of the Bible, red mm -hmm. letter edition out there and I go and I rick it, read and pick it up and the red letter edition was it you know basically was Mark 11 22 he said if you can say into this mountain go be thrown into the sea it'll be done and I'm going like oh that's positive yeah so I bought the bible and I began to read it you know <laughs> I began to read all the red you letters you bought the positive version yeah that's why you know I, but I started reading well I just I just began to read all the red letters and I'm going like what I, I even to you know this guy you know I, was, I said well did you know that Mary was a real virgin I mean like she was a real virgin you know to me that was like unheard of like there was a there you know so I, she's no she was a virgin uh you know I was just blown away just give me you know, just <laughs> right. give me the, the level of my illiteracy as far as the Bible goes you know what I'm saying and uh so so anyway so I just and so I started going to that church and I continued to read the Bible and God just started drawing me and then there was a there was a, a crusade that took place. Uh, ba uh, First Baptist of Indian Rocks. Uh, they brought in a guy named James Robeson, who is like uh, Life Today is his yeah. program now. He was seen as like the next Billy Graham and so forth. But anyway, yeah. it was right when the, the Jim Jones kind of thing just had had happened, and it was just when you know the Scientologists were coming into town, and he got up on stage, <laughs> man, and he took his Bible and he said, "Why would nine eight hundred people?" Follow a crazed man like Jim Jones. Why would a woman take a syringe full of poison? I mean, I know it. Just, I can't. I, I never forget. He said, "You know, fill that child with that poison and watch that child ride and die in her arms." And he lifted mm -hmm. up the Bible and said, "Because they don't know the Bible and they don't know the goddess Bible." And I said, yeah. "Dude, that is me. I don't know." <laughs> uh, you know, so it was like, "Oh my gosh!" Yeah. It, man, I was just going, "Oh man!" I said, "So I, man, I made a beeline." For that altar, you know, I'll never forget. And it's just like, Shh, I need to get, you know, I need to get saved. And um, even my the guy who was the city planner, he looked at me and he goes, "Are you going down?" I said, "Man, didn't you hear the man?" I said, right. <laughs> I said like, and maybe he didn't, you know, because God's got to give you the ability to hear, right? Yeah. He's got to draw yeah. you. And so he, he came to the Lord later on. But uh, I went down there, and man, I, I, you know, and then two weeks later, uh, I, I was continuing to go to that church. And then two weeks later, I just like seeing this 80-year-old man get baptized, and I said, that's what I need to do. I went and got baptized, and I was, listen, I was a drunk, and I was a, I was an obnoxious drunk, you know what I mean? And I, quite frankly, I became an obnoxious Christian because it moved, I witnessed to it, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I was just telling everybody about, you know, you know, you don't know, about, know about Jesus. And so they start going like, man, you know, you need to, you know, you need to get away from me because you need to go go become a preacher. You know what I mean? You know, so I was into real estate at the time, a young guy, and, you know, and so forth. And so it ended up, you know, I finally did approach my pastor at the time and said, hey, people are saying I should become a preacher. What do you think? And so ultimately I went off to Bible college and seminary and so forth. And that, of course, that's where I met my wife, Kathy. And, uh, and so the... You know, and you guys shared about the rest of it last. At least he last. didn't say you must be crazy. He, well, <laughs> he didn't think I was the best candidate. Let's just say that. <laughs> you know, uh, he, in fact, the other guy that my roommate, who was a city planner, he's a real intellect, his big IQ and so forth. He thought he was the. Now he's the one. You know, right. he ended up he ended up going to Bible college too, but he ended up not doing anything. Huh. In no. fact, in fact, I, you know, I, I even question whether he's actually with the Lord today. You know, so yeah. wow.
So anyway, so that's it. You know, that was my story. And so I tell you what, so God totally transformed my life. And I forget like just a few days after I got saved, I'm in the car with my brother and he's talking and so forth. And I looked at him and said, I can't believe it. I said, he said, what? I said, you know, because every other word was MNF this and MNF that. I said, I talked just like that about three days ago. And I knew that I was saved because, you know, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaketh. And I said, yes, God changed my language. Amen. God gave that God took away the desire for alcohol immediately. Wow. And, uh, and so, you know, it was, it was powerful. And, <laughs> um, you know, and so, uh, you know, that was, I, I just, um, just began to take one step at a time. Of course, obviously we all know <laughs> that's a, not the place, the process of sanctification. It wasn't perfect, but I knew that I knew, and I knew that I wanted to serve God the rest of my life yeah. for what he'd done for me. Well, if you listen to the last uh, episode Amen. we did with Dr. Daniel, it's been, it was amazing to see, you know, okay, now he's a Christian. Now what do I do? Right. <laughs> and God leads them to a strange city, to a strange ministry, yeah. you know, to, to bring people together over, you know, things that seem to be something that should fit in God's kingdom. Why, why aren't we doing this together? Right. And so it's, it's, uh, it's one of those stories you can see has really been an adventure. And not boring, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> not definitely not. You know, so it's, it's definitely you know, uh, well, and especially for my wife because she thought she was going to marry a, a, a nice, you know, pastor who would <laughs> who'd, who'd have, get a church in the suburbs, and you know, it's gonna oh, be I want to hear her version you, you on know, this one. You get a nice, she's <laughs> right? going to have a nice life like Still that. Look on her face. You know, what, and, what uh, were you think? What were you praying for versus what you got? <laughs> Well, I mean, and he thought at the beginning too, that it would be, you know, that as well. Right. You know, that's what I grew up in, a middle class, suburbia kind of church. My parents ministered in the same church for ever. Um, And that's what you kind of think. And that's pretty safe. But my, I, uh, we kind of call each other or I do it more than him. He's the pioneer and I'm the settler. Right. <laughs> so I want I, I want to be settled and everything, but he's wanting to start new things. And that's what we've done throughout our whole ministry is to go and establish works. And so I've had to grow a lot in, you know, and, and, doing and, and it. This two, and, you know, from testimony of, of that is that, you know, um, because you know, I was, a, you know, really a baby Christian. I mean, within a year and a half, I was pastoring my first church. Wow. wow. And so I was just like, I was just going and blowing and, and, and the same. So there was a lot of gifting there and so forth, but there, there needed to be a lot more character development, you know what right. I'm saying? And so Kathy, it was really the stable, you know, person of character and so forth. And so she, that stability really helped me because, you know, there wasn't a question of whether or not, uh, you know, I was going to be gifted or so forth. The real question is, you know, uh, to really grow in my character. And so she... Can you re- handle all those gifts? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So it's just, you know, it, it really, <clears throat> it really was a, a balancing act really between the two of us and so forth. And, um, and so I, I've had to learn and grow. And she had a painfully... Mm-hmm. You know, just to, to her credit, obviously, because sometimes you got to painfully sit there and watch and know that you're, my husband's making a mistake, but you know, I'm going to still follow him and so forth. Or I'm, you know, and so there was some of that that went on as well. You know, even in the midst of ministry, God still used it and so forth. But you look back and you say, yeah. "Yep, you know, I I could have done things differently there. I I messed up here and so forth in the whole process." So there was a, that kind of a blending that took place. Obviously, that that God definitely put us together. For that purpose and that's really wow. important for all of us because you know you could be right in the midst of exactly where god wants to be yeah you're still going to be making mistakes folks <laughs> and you're going to still need grace and especially from the people that you live with and love and sometimes the people that work for you or you know you have to work with so i i definitely feel that you know there's there's those moments you step in and you go wow this is totally what god wants and then you're like okay but that little thing over there i just did yeah, I, I screwed up there. <laughs> you know, I, I missed that boat. You yeah. know, so uh, I think got to do know. God's will, God's way. So that's not that's you know it sounds it sounds it rolls off the lips real well, but uh, it's a lot easier said than done. Right. right. Well, the actual bricks it took to make that thing work is yeah. totally different. But it sounds like you guys are good counterbalance for each other right we have like you said the pioneer and the settler which right. is what it needs to happen right to make everything work the way it's supposed to work. 
you need that and yeah. i love that yeah. i love that De- you guys De- help balance, balance each other yeah we it's definitely great. do that so i can't wait to talk with my wife later to see which ones we are <laughs> i i don't know yeah you're definitely the restless spirit yeah and i'm the dogmatic nope 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 yep <laughs> we got a new way to talk about our marriage now yeah i know i i was just thinking that with you guys first the first thing that came to mind is that uh, with dr daniel like he doesn't do anything in half measures does he it doesn't sound like it. Well, it sounds, much, no. yeah. It half sounds like speed, half speed. Yeah, no. it doesn't sound like he has a half speed at all, <laughs> right? It's it's full bore all the time, right? But I thought while you both were talking, it would be nice to hear the testimony that you both have as a married couple because that's a whole new testimony. There's the testimony that you have right single, and then there's the testimony that comes from being married that you can only get with the maturity. Yes. Right, that you have. And I would love to hear that. Yeah. So part of that is in our book, Me, Tarzan, You, oh, Jane. See? On book and marriage, it's in the book. We're going to the book. have to, have to go book. through the book. Well, I, I think on my part, one thing I could say is that um, there there was a time where, because he is such a, a visionary and out there, and I'm more behind the scenes, and that's my gifting, um, admin. So we it's a good pairing where... He's got the vision, and then I help to implement that vision. Yeah, so what um, it means is, like, I'm a fire-ready-aim guy. So, in other <laughs> words, I just, like, take off and say, like, hey, I don't know. I don't know about all the details, but you know, that's why you're there. I'm going. <laughs> you know, so, right. So, anyway, yeah. Yeah. So and there are a lot of details. I mean, there yes. really is. Sure. Yeah. Sure. yeah. And I've learned, too. And, and yeah, because he, yeah, he would get frustrated with me, and I, and I would have to say, listen, I have to ask lots of questions, so I know – how this is supposed to be and how we can work this out, whatever we're going to implement right. a program or whatever. And so he's learned, yeah, I have to be patient and let that happen. But there was a time I, I, I went to him one time and I said, you know, I don't, I, I'm, I'm not sure how I fit in here. You know, what's, what's really my, my role mm-hmm. in, and he, his response was, well, you know, I don't know the whole thing, but I maybe it's just to be a support to me to help me do what God wants, you know, what he's called to do. And, and maybe it's just supporting being that support role. Because sometimes, you know, when you're married to a high D, which would be a very visionary, um, pioneer kind of person, you can lose, you know, how, how do you fit in? And, Your identity, uh, really, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and he's had to learn, too. I mean, we've had a, a, we had a time uh, where, um, you know, he, he, because of his personality, he can be really pushy. Right. And learning, because um, no I told him. family struggles with that. No. I told him, I said, you're, mm-hmm. you're a rancher, and you need to be a shepherd. Hmm. Okay. What did I say your gift was? Verbal bullying. <laughs> I was teaching a spiritual gift course. <laughs> and oh, before was, he taught the course, he was going over some of his notes with me, and he was he's like, yeah, we're going to talk about like gifting." Actually, interested in the spiritual, like, you know, just how do you recognize some of your spiritual gift? So I was telling, you know, most of them off the top of my head at the time, uh-huh. and then she goes. Oh, what's your spiritual gift? Ver- verbal bullying. Oh, <laughs> it's like, is that, so, is that a gift? Is that a name in there? So one of my mentors, uh, Pastor Gary Payne over at Bell Shoals Baptist Church, uh, that is an infinite laugh for all eternity. We will get to laugh about that one because it's so funny. And he's like, oh, it came up really like, high in verbal encouragement. And I was like, nope, that just means verbal bullying, Kevin. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and, and, you know, we learn our personalities, but like he had to learn is that a rancher, you know, he's, you know, and he's very harsh and riding the horse to get the cattle in and everything. A shepherd. He's a driver. He's a driver. Yeah, he's got exactly. that whip. Okay. Go, and then, go, but the go. shepherd is one who's, you know, takes the time. It's soft, gentle, comforting. Making you know. sure all the sheep are yeah. where they're supposed to be. Come on, guys, let's go. And, you know, when you're trying to, uh, especially in a, in a marriage, you, you know, you need that shepherd that helps. Yeah. So you don't get, leave anyone behind, right? right? And you don't need someone that's just 
you know, well, driving. And there's also driving. the relational yeah. part of it, you know. Right. Getting something done tends to be very much external versus internal. Yeah. And, you know, relationships can get lost in that, yep. that shuffle of trying to get something done. So Alex probably does fairly well on the verbal bullying as well. <laughs> <laughs> what? But we are both definitely very influential to each other. Well, part of the part of the testimony too is that you know, so this is kind of sad because at that time we were pastoring a church, and so one of our a couple came to us and said, "We think you guys need to go to a marriage retreat." And I'm going like, "Oh, that's kind of like when your own parishioners see it, and they can right. say, go to a marriage.'" So we went, and 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 we just had the very first session. We had a breakthrough. Really? That's great. We could have so went. we can go home now. Yep, really. That's what I was like. We're, let's go. We're done. But what happened was, is that I don't know what took place, but we go back into our, you know, after having the session, we go back and we're supposed to pray and talk and so forth. <laughs> so we go back to the room, and what was really came up was that I was always questioning her faith, you know, because um. you know I, I was always we're we're going to go we're going going into the inner city and we're going to go to this and we're going to do that and so I had this. And so I had this idea. There was this old funeral home that was abandoned in the worst crime area of of the, of the city where we were living. That junkie needs saving. And so I was just going pull like, the needle out of his arm. Said, Let's go. What we're gonna do is that we're gonna go move into that oh my funeral home, and we're gonna you know take in people, and we're gonna do all this kind of stuff. And, she's and his like, wife is shaking what? her head, making faces. Wait, no, I'm just like, huh? <laughs> and so like, they're, she's going like, he no, no way. His mind. Now she had already moved. We are already in, in the worst crime city. area of our city. Oh. But we were in a home. I'm going like, no, we gotta use this, you know. And so anyway, she's going, no, no, no. And, and I I'm, said, no. And, I, <laughs> and so I was going like, what do you mean? No, I mean, God, you know, da, da, da. you got to so, believe, sweetheart. <laughs> yeah, so, so I would, I'm, that's what I would have said. So, so I, fin- I finally backed off. But, 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 in, but through this, she, she no. said, I kept on saying, where's your faith? And she said, where's your feeling? Wow. Mm. I'll have to try and forget that one. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and so, one. so what? what uh, so what? So what? I understood her as being kind of like delaying her response. She wasn't saying no, even though she did say no. But but she wasn't <laughs> saying no. But she was saying, "Give me time, right?" And to understand her psyche and how women process and so yeah. forth, to give her the ability to be able to say, you know, and she's and, and and just even if she says no, doesn't mean she's not a person of faith. But again. By this time, now we're on our second church. I'm only like four years old in the Lord, and I'm just going, man, we got to save the world, and we got to do it now, you know. So, you know, right. so I'm doing all these sort of things, and she's like, whoa. <laughs> Those whoa. are the outcasts we're supposed to be saving. <laughs> yeah, so I was doing all that. The middle but, but of them. It really helped me. It really helped me to understand, because my listen, my dad, among other things, I, I love my dad and so forth, and uh, wow. he supported us in the way of when it came to athletics, but uh, he 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 did not um, he, he did not show me how to care for a, a, a woman right. or a wife. I mean, he he had a very very bad relationship with my we very explosive relationship with my mm. mother, and uh, and so anyway, never showed me how to show respect or love or anything for a woman. So that was mm. you know. So in other words, you're just okay. You're there to you know to. You know, you're, implement you're, what you're, I need. You're, you're, yeah, you know, yeah. Just you're there for me. You know, come right. on. And so, um, so I had that was a big learning curve for me, and and I had to, you know, how to deal with all the soul ties and all the things that came up with that, oh. and my dad and everything else, and that you know. So anyway, but so that we had that breakthrough. I mean, really did that really made me sit back and say, okay, I need to go to work on on me. You know, Kathy, to, I bet you're like, thank you, work. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Well, because, you know, we're She's doing we're, high fives. Right? Yeah. We're, we're, She's we're, like, hands up. What? We're on the lose of losing it at all. I mean, I was going to lose our whole ministry and wow. so forth, you know. And, you know, all kinds of things just to start having in that time, you know. And, uh, you know, where the devil started trying to, even she was recognizing, she goes like, these women are like, you know, they're into you. And I'm, and I'm like acting like I'm not like totally blind to it, you know. What I mean, I'm just mm-hmm. like, you know, she goes, no, no, no. And I'm so maybe understand. Hey, there's something going on here. There's a dynamic going on here. We're struggling now. All of a sudden, these uh, women are, you know, and so all that kind of stuff. And so, but it yeah. made me like say, okay, I got to listen to my wife. 
even though I don't see it. I just think, oh, they're just like, what do you mean? They're just, you know. She hmm. goes, no, 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 no. They're, they're hungry for God. Yeah. Nope. It's yeah. not God they're hungry for. <laughs> so just like, yeah. yeah, I had to learn to, I better listen and I better, you know, guard that area and so forth. And oh, especially yeah. my, that relationship with them and how, and so the whole bit. And so anyway, it is, uh, but that was, uh, you know, and, and the thing is too, that was pretty much towards the very beginning of our ministry. And that's where Satan wanted to all, you know, if he could cut us off there, all the things we talked about in that previous no, episode happened. wouldn't have happened. Right. You know, but he he, he, he wants to cut it off early, yeah. get you stumbling early, mm-hmm. get you off track early. And so that's when, that's why discipleship and, you know, really getting together with young men and so forth. Um, and I really think that's what should have taken place first in my life is that some men should have come around me and discipled me sure. rather than sending me off. The, the, in our denomination or the, or the denomination I was in at that time, the whole discipleship, you get discipled by, we're going to send you to Bible college. That's the, you know, and we know what you get in Bible college, you get knowledge. Knowledge puffs up, but love builds up, right? Right. Amen. And, yeah. and so, you wow. know, you go there and you get more and more and more knowledge, but I'm not growing in my character because I'm not, you know, learning that love path that needs to take place. And so, you know, I won't go down the path of the clergy system and all that sort of thing, but uh, it's a whole nother deal. But yeah. uh, well, we can definitely recommend. We can do other episodes. <laughs> <laughs> we can definitely recommend the marriage um, conference thing. Welcome yeah. to Talks with Dr. Daniel. Uh, <laughs> we'll right. have a whole new podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, we did one, and remember when I dragged you that to one? It was uh, oh, by Gary. Lord, and, I still haven't forgiven him for it. Yes. It's when we first started dating 17 years ago. 18 no, years ago, maybe. No, no, that... 18 or 19? No, the marriage conference, not the singles conference. Oh, the, yeah, I, I'm sorry. I'm still it's bitter for, about the singles conference. Still bitter. <laughs> still bitter. Forgiveness issues, you know. Never <laughs> going to let that one go, ever. So we went to this marriage conference, and it was Gary and Barb Rothsberg. And so they're kind of both A-type personalities, right? And that kind of is very similar to my wife and I. And so it's a very I'm funny... I'm not A. Oh, she's definitely A in some areas. So, so what happens is, but those two in particular really helped me to wrap around the idea that I have married somebody that is very much like myself and you know she needs this respect she needs this distance she needs you know I'm smothering her you oh my gosh saying? yes so these are, these are the <laughs> I'm feisty yeah sure. so and that's what I mean it was just a very interesting dynamic to see how they came together and then turned their whole marriage problem into a ministry I yeah. mean, that's when you go back and go, oh, my goodness, we, okay, we suck, okay? <laughs> and then God comes in, and now you're you're the one up there ministering to people to help them with your marriage. And now we suck publicly. That's right. <laughs> in front of people. That's yeah. right. And so, and or I, like, use it, Lord. And, yeah, and she right, did yeah. say afterwards that she was glad I taught, I took her to that one. So. Right, but the singles one, not going to forgive you. We weren't married. I'm we after repent of that before, <laughs> before you know. I die. I'll have to repent well, of that. Well, and, and people have to realize the marriage seminars aren't because your your marriage can be broken. Yes, and you should go. But people go to just to improve and to yes. enhance their marriage because you know it takes work. Yeah, right. Marriage is not always easy. One. Everything, but here's what people don't realize: everything. In life takes work. Your relationship yeah. with your partner takes work. Marriage takes work. Your relationship with God takes work. It's not like, hey, I, you know, I'm saved. Done. Nope, folks. If it were that easy, right? It's constant work. It should be. It's a constant. Look, you are supposed to go searching for him. That means it's a constant going after him, keeping that relationship alive. It's a nurturing. It's the same thing in your marriage, too. If yeah. you don't let it look for it, work at it it all dies, yeah. right? right? So, yeah, I feel like that's really important to know. Those relationships take nurturing and work. Yep. Doesn't stop. So the whole theme of this particular episode is the idea of, of really sharing our testimonies, right. and that has really started a whole new ministry for Daniel. Yeah, and why is that? Tell us about that. Yeah. Well, you know, like you, <clears throat> what our hearts are about, you know, um, it what God has brought us to here was the idea of, you know, uh, collectively as the church in Tampa Bay reaching that that greater Tampa Bay community and how can we do that how can we uh, and so you know obviously one of the things that I felt like that when you're thinking about what can everybody agree upon to, if we're going to have unity 
What can <laughs> we do together? And, uh, and what is reproducible? So it's doable and reproducible on a large scale. How can we scale it, as Shark Tank would say? But we're gonna <laughs> scale this, you know, uh, throughout the Tampa area and among the churches. And so one of those things I thought, like the Lord put in my heart, uh, I have another book called God's Soul Desire. It's a book on evangelism. A part of that, you know, for years we've only been talking about how to, how to write and share your testimony. And so we have a lot of ways that we can share uh, the gospel, you know, Roman Road, uh, you know, the four spiritual laws and, uh, you know, the, the great comfort in the law and, you know, evangelism explosion. I mean, you go on and on and on and on, right? Right. Uh, but what we can, and so everybody will have their own, you know, preference in that respect, but everybody can, you know, so that'll be different. But one thing that we can all do is share, especially our salvation testimony. Yes. And so the more we can get that. So I had a vision of just saying like, what if? Now, what if we could get 200 churches that would train 50 of their people? That'd be 10,000 people, and they'll share their testimony at least orally or ver uh, verbally or in written form at least four times a week. That would be 40,000 touches in a week. Over a year, that's 2,080,000 touches of the gospel. Right. And Amazing. I'm going like, man, Amazing. that's just 200. That's only 5%. That will make up the total churches in Tampa Bay. Right. I said, imagine that. And then, so the goal would be that, man, you know, this is something, it's your story. You know, it's it's really, like I said, evangelism for scaredy cats. It's benign yes. in one sense. It's not the confrontational stuff. Hey, yeah. can, you just, can you just read my story about how God changed my life? That sort of thing. Leave a good tip with the waitress and so on. So we'll go into all the different ways they can do that. But the bottom line is that it's just so easy, so transferable and so forth. And, and so we're just like, man, that, that is it. And then as we have those touches, can we all begin to pray and believe God that, that, uh, you know, that we're going to see people come, come and be saved. Right. So it's like, we can work in unity together to do this, at least this one thing. Um, and we're going to have, our goal is that we'd see 1 million people come to Christ by the year 2030, cumulatively, right. not in that, and not in the year 2030, but from now until 2030, we'd see that would be you know, uh, a, about 20% of the greater population of Tampa Bay, meaning like a five county area, come right. to Christ. But I mean, that would be, obviously we'd see at that point, yeah, we're in we're in full blown awakening revival, right? Yeah. So I tell people, I said, well, do you, do you believe that before the Lord comes, it's gonna be a great end time harvest? Absolutely, it's gonna be a great end time harvest, yeah. Okay, I said, well, how that's gonna happen if you don't plant the seed? Right. And this is one way that we can plant many, many seeds and as you're going, as you're going to the to the uh, you know convenience store, the bank teller, or on a plane, or how you're going, and you can be sharing your testimony, right? Yeah. Right. And and leaving it there for folks and so forth. We've got one chiropractor. He did his testimony, uh, put it in this written form like Kathy has here. This is what we do, and then uh, he leaves it there on the you know uh, in the foyer there for as the, in the waiting area, whatever, and. Uh, one person happened to pick it up who had he he'd adjusted he told me don't say you know crack your back say you adjusted right. and so i just call it crack a lacking i just call crack a lacking i just say are you ready for your beatdown today <laughs> so he but he he took the and he went outside he got in the parking lot he was going to commit suicide he read his testimony he read dr doka's testimony came back in and asked to see dr doka literally told him that he was gonna that he was on the verge of committing suicide until he read his testimony that's amazing so just things like that, that. so you can, you can go where you can and yeah. you know and I, I did this and so we're out there training and so i'm not the only trainer we're trying to get as many trainers as possible to make this happen mm -hmm. but that but that's you know we're in a crate and really you know bring the <clears throat> atmosphere up you know and the intensity up here at the, in the bay of the holy spirit and right. uh so we'll be able to report and we're going to get the Baptists and the Assembly of God and Church of God and so we'll report how many baptisms they have and so we can, and that because that's what we believe is a place where people are saying publicly, I'm following Jesus, right? Sure. right? And so that's a place where we can say, how are we as the church in Tampa Bay doing? Sure. And so, you know, like I, <clears throat> I was, uh, and so we want, that's what we want to do. So if you're out there listening and you're in Tampa Bay or wherever you're at, if you want to learn how to write and share your testimony, we want to help you to do that. So because just you, 
you know, little old you, you get a hold of us. We help you to write and share your testimony. Right. You take it to your pastor and say, Pastor, this is what I did. Look at this. And so forth. He lets you share the testimony there, maybe on a Sunday morning because it only caught, takes three minutes. And But then maybe you influence him and maybe he influences other pastors and you can start this in your city, in other words. Right. Just because you're being obedient to say, I want to be able to write and share my testimony. I want to have the most excellent testimony. If Jesus died so that you could have a testimony, don't Amen. you think you should take the time? And yeah. write it and share it in the best possible way. Love it. Absolutely. You know, so guys, you know, I, when I was doing the training uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, it was actually in our church. And I asked them, how many of you believe you're the, you know, we're in the last days? Oh, yeah, we're in the last days. Everybody's raised their hand. Yeah. I said, okay. <clears throat> the book of Revelation, who is that really written to? The last days church. Oh, oh, so it was really, you know, not just the seven churches, you know, mm -hmm. uh, but really that. It was written to us. It's for the church in the last days. Yeah, it was. I said, so for the church in the last days, God gave the, the John the Revelator a message for you and how to overcome. It comes in Revelation 12, 11, that we overcome by the blood of the Lamb, the word of our testimony, and we love not our lives unto death. Mm -hmm. Amen? Amen. So, so I said, so if you're going to overcome as the last days church, God says you're going to have to use your testimony. That's right. So if you don't actually learn how to use your testimony, you're just saying, okay, it's okay. I don't, I don't need to overcome. Hello, let me see that hand out there. I see, yes, I see that hand. No, yeah. nobody's going to go for that, right? Right. But, but listen, you got so many people. Yeah. Uh, said, said, Is it possible that people aren't overcoming because what? They're not sharing their testimony. And they're not, they're not, not only are they not sharing it, they've never even verbalized it. Right. So right. Kathy, we, we did, so in the second session, you know, this is pretty cool. Uh, in the second session, so we got people now, they've written their testimony and so forth, and now they're breaking up into groups and they're sharing. And so trying to get encouragement and, and constructive criticism and so forth as they're sharing and so forth as they know now after I've shared, this is what it should look like. So Kathy pairs up with this gal and she says, is it Julie? Thinks, you know, her name is Julie. And Julie goes, you know, I'm just, I don't really have a testimony. Going to this church, our church, for seven years. She goes, I don't think I have a testimony. And Kathy goes, oh, sure you have a testimony. And she's thinking like it's like her because she grew up in the church or something. She goes, no, I really can't think of it. And so Kathy finds out she doesn't know the Lord. Right. She's never given her life to the Lord. And here she is at the testimony training. You know what I mean? It's amazing. Wow. And so she was able to lead her, her to the Lord right there. So is that amazing wow. or what? Wow. So anyway, yes. so this is, you know, I mean, to me, I'm going like, like you know, now until Jesus comes back, this is what we need to be about. You know, let's, let's, can you learn more things and do other things as far as, yes, but this is such a doable thing. You don't have to think it. you have the gift of evangelism. No, you just got to be willing to say, I'm going to be a witness and tell, as it says, you know, you know, we, I'm going to tell the next generation. Right. You know, exactly. That's I'm, the good I'm, news. I'm going to let the next That's generation the know yep. what the Lord has done in, in, for me. And so... And obviously, he's the hero of everybody's story. Yes. You know, Amen. so, and so we're really, it's glorifying him and exalting him. And I just believe God that as we would agree to do this together, <laughs> that the Holy Spirit would use that in such a powerful way that our little old testimonies, I mean, and the scriptures that we use within our testimonies and the fact that in every testimony, though, is the fact that then I met Jesus, not, oh, and then I came to church. No, it's then I met Jesus and right. I came to realize that Jesus was is God in the flesh and that he came and he lived a sinless life and he uh, died on the cross for and paid the penalty that we deserve and then he was buried and he rose again and he sent him to heaven and he's coming back and so on and he's been working on our home forever and I can now I'm gonna know him now and I'm gonna know him for eternity bam that's always at the very center of everybody's testimony because that's the gospel I'll never forget I was listening to a guy and he said uh, well and it was it was Tim Tebow's dad uh, and they, the Tim Tebow's dad was sh sharing, uh, in, you know, this pastor was telling the story that he went with Tim Tebow's dad to the Philippines to do, um, you know, outreach. And, 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 he, and he was preaching and he felt really good about it and so forth. And, and Bob Tebow said to him, he said, well, he said, that was, it was really good. It was a really good message. He said, I wish you would have shared the gospel. And he goes like, what? What do you mean? We wish you would have shared the gospel. What do you mean? He said, well, you told about Jesus' death, but you didn't tell about his resurrection. You didn't tell the whole gospel. 
Right. And I'm going like, so that's what we need, you know, so that is, I made sure that's the gospel. No, he just didn't die, but he died and he rose from the grave. Not, you know, showing everybody that he mm. is the Lord God. Mm. And so, you know, so that's in every Amen. testimony. We should make sure that that's in every testimony so that when they get the story of how God transformed their life, they also get the gospel within it. Right. So that's, that's really exciting. So we're praying, believing that we have a vision for this. I, you know, listen, you know, I don't know if that's, you know, those numbers will ever happen. I, I believe in God. I just kind of did the numbers, and this is how it could happen. We could have two yeah. million touches ever, and this sort of thing. But you know, it all depends on people, right. you know, and them saying yes and agreeing and coming together and so forth. But but this is what I know. I know that I'm just going to be obedient to it and leave the results with him. Right. Amen. You know, yeah. I'm just going to do, I know it's right. You're just going to be faithful. And I'm just going to go yeah. do it. And that's that's how I just, our whole ministry life, this is what I'm doing. Like, like whether when it's coming to Tampa Bay or coming back to Tampa Bay or whatever it is, I just go like, I know I'm supposed to do it. I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know how it's all going to totally flesh out, but I know that I'm supposed to do this. Amen. You know? And so that's where it's at. Well, I can tell you, you know, about 14 years ago, and probably what made me write mine down was several things. Number one is somebody more or less asked me early in my life, to what do you owe your success? Well, I failed. <laughs> right. And, you know, there's lots of reasons for that. But then later, especially after, you know, I felt like I bankrupted my life. And this is based on a lot of my failure in my first marriage. But, you know, when I saw God really, you know, be there for me and really restore the years the locust had eaten in my life, you know, I realized I was sitting here like Hezekiah. I mean, I am sitting here going, wow, this is amazing what God has done here. And, you know, where's my opportunities really make sure that people do not get this confused, right? Because, you know, I think that God's glory really shouldn't be shared. <laughs> Definitely not with me. And so I really thought this is a nice way of doing this. And now I can say there's no way that anybody can ever accuse me of being Hezekiah, right? I've got it on my website. I, you can't miss it. It's all over my office. And I have lots of people that come in. And I will tell you that the point is that it's about you. It's about you declaring what God has done in your life. When you give that testimony, that testimony, the more times you give it, the more true it is. You just think you've, you've gotten a lot of change in your life. You start giving your testimony. That change happens every time you give it. You are quickened in that spirit. And it's also something that it's, it's like a legal document. It's like signing something. You put that into, into space and time, right? This is your vote right? This is your testimony. You wrote it down. You have picked sides, my friend. And it's just amazing to see what can really happen. So, you know, if I go back and I look at those things, I think that that was like a crucial, crucial point in my life to really allow me to let other things happen. If, if you won't be able to sit down and, and, and give this some thought, right? And it is intimidating, even though I get intimidated sometimes with trying to share my faith. And so I realized writing it down and sharing it with somebody and saying something for a few minutes is so easy, right? Or leaving it at the table, right? It's just a, it's just a great way to, to be obedient. And think about how many churches are out there. Every time I've ever looked at any evangelism thing, you know, it's always about somebody coming in with a formula or a, a book or a pamphlet or, you know, just some narrative that they want you to use, Right. There is no better book. There is no better narrative than yours. Yours is the one that God will bless. Yours, right? His testimony that he gave you. So I, I completely agree with what you're saying. And it's been an empowerment in my life, you know, to be able to go there. Well, <clears throat> so I just wanted to mention to you, because we did talk about this last time off air, but I wanted you to mention it again. And one, it's really powerful that your ministry, both of you guys, this is your ministry is about teaching people how to uh, get their testimony and you have a template for this and how they can do this and so and, and you had mentioned something last time too that we need to get this on air is that there's something about having that down something about the the written word um, oh yeah well several things as i mentioned is that uh <clears throat> when i first came into town uh town being tampa bay area you know, we had some intercessors who gathered some pastors together and I was trying to impress them because they didn't know me from Adam. So, you know, I gave them my book, you know, and, and, and my book on evangelism and uh, that I wrote some years ago. And he, 
and he looked at my book, the one pastor, and he looked at my book and he said, I already got your book. And I said, oh, that's cool. Where'd you get it? He said, I got it from a bookstore in Johannesburg, South Africa. Wow. Yeah. And I said, I have never been to Johannesburg, Love South this. Africa. Love it. So the whole point is that the power of the written word is that it's able to go where maybe you haven't gone. Right. And so people pick it, pick it up, share it, and so forth. And so that's what happened with that. And so that's, again, yeah, one of the, one of the power. It goes places you cannot. Exactly. Just like the Bible, yeah. guys. Mm-hmm. Just a written word. But it's not, is it? And, you know, yeah. when you think about it, as I mentioned before, is that, you know, the... We all have out there, you know, your, your, your denomination, your fellowship is going to say, oh, well, we're following the New Testament. We're the New Testament church. And blah, blah, blah. I'm going, you know what? I said, you know, it's because they speak in tongues or because they do baptism or whatever it is they do. And they're making their claim, uh, you know, to being the New Testament church. I said, but when I look around, I'm going like, well, this is the New Testament church. Acts 532. Day after day, they went house to house proclaiming that Jesus is the Christ and they and it says and they never stopped yep. proclaiming that Jesus is Christ. I said no that's the New Testament church Amen. when you're doing that then you're the New Testament church and I said you know, I'll, I'll be honest with you guys I don't see any church in the US being the New Testament church but through this that's right. this is how that's we right. can be that New Testament church that each and everybody learning how to write and share their testimony right yeah. and, and 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 they can do it as they go every day they can never stop proclaiming that Jesus is the Christ. And so that's what's powerful about it. Kathy can share just a little bit well, how it works too. Just and, and it's powerful bef- for the church because when you're able to do this, then you can have people come up and share their testimony. Right. And, and people, it's powerful because people are sitting there listening and saying, hey, I felt that way before. I was lonely. I was depressed. Absolutely. I was this or that. And they can say, oh, here's someone that ha- that happened to them, but God changed your life. Mm-hmm. There's hope for me. I, you know, I need to get saved or whatever. And so it's, and it's teaching your people in the church that the way to grow the church is through a changed life. Right. You know, and you're sharing people's how their their lives have changed. And when it's in a written form, really easy like this, right. you have a tendency that the pastor will allow you to share. Right. Because when we take to testimonies, a lot of times they're really long and they they want to bring in all the rabbit trails of all the stuff in their life. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you have to really narrow it down and keep it very simple and concise so that you can share it in, yeah. a, in a brief, concise way instead of, all the bunny trails, but it it's powerful for the church and for the growth of the church. When yeah, until they the pastor have says, "What's what's the best advertisement for the church?" Yeah, it's a changed life. Right. Said, but all those changed lives are sitting there in your building. We need right. to get those outside your building. You know, absolutely. And so you know, it's a, and it's a and it's the most uh, least expensive form of advertisement too. Absolutely. And people are relational. We're relational. So hearing somebody else's story. That you have that moment where you're like, I can relate to that. That mm-hmm. has meaning for me. Mm-hmm. That's really important because we all, there's somebody that has something. You have a message for somebody out there. Right. You know. Right. Well, and you think about the, this revelation verse. And of course, um, I have a book that's coming out um, talking about exactly that same verse. But one of the things that God led me through with this idea of testimony that really helped me was the idea that you know when you think about angels in the bible they actually can be called watchers right and then it that means they're observing everything and then we find out later in revelation that they talk about well the books are opened right and what do the books have they have everything that you said and did when you were here right and then then the bible tells us that there's books in heaven right and honestly it was very helpful for me to realize, Kevin, if I called you to write something, your book's going to be in my library, <laughs> right? <laughs> you see it, and it's going to be there for all eternity. And why is it going to be there? Because this has to do with our relationship that we had, you know, as you went through your life. You see what I'm saying? And that's what your testimony is to God. And it's very embarrassing to know that, you know, for all eternity, that book is going to be there in in God's in in, in His library, and it's a record 
of your relationship with God. And it's, it's a powerful thing. So be encouraged that this could be something that God really does lead you to do. And it, God is watching. It, it, those books are going to be opened. <laughs> and okay. it's going to be a record yeah. of, of everything. And guys, just uh, no matter where you're at, you know, we're willing to help you. Yep. You know, we'll help you edit it. We'll, we're going to send you the template so that yep. you can put it in there. And the great thing about it, it's zero cost to the church because yep. all the person, the individual member has to do just every beginning of every week, just print out 10 or so. Mm-hmm. Right. And there you go. No so. matter where you're at in the world, if you, because we have listeners all over the world and we really appreciate you. But if you're living in a country that doesn't let you have that testimony, they have a template that you guys can use. You can fill that out anonymously, but it's still you putting that out there. I because put your somebody, name down, actually. Right. Yeah. Put, go ahead. Put my name down. But you can still put that out there because someone out there can relate to it. You can still have a powerful testimony that, you know, we're here in the United States where Christianity, we can openly still be Christians. Who knows Amen. for how much longer. But maybe somebody else out there that is living in very similar ways that can't have a Christianity out there. And you could do that. You could help them. So don't be hiding that put that out there and they have a template that you can use on their website we'll give that to you at the end of the show but please know that you can still have a powerful message you can plant those seeds right Right. you can share the good news and really remember folks some people will only be reached if you give your testimony. that's right your testimony is so unique to you that it is going to be exactly the thing that God will use for some people. And that's how special you are to God, and that's how connected you are to what God is trying to do to the world. So we just pray for a Daniel, how can what we get a powerful hold of ministry you and, though? Um, how it's can amazing, we guys. Learn more Thank about you. that ministry or Yeah, just go to uh somebody cares TV, which is www.sctb.org. Uh, and then, of course, you could always call us at 727-536-CARE, 727-536-2273. Thank you to our loyal subscribers and listeners. We really appreciate you guys. And we want to let you know about SupernaturalJunkies.com. If you sign up for the newsletter there, you'll be the first to know about anything that's happening with us, any events we might be doing, and also Kevin's book, The COVID Beast, is out now and available on Kindle. You can get that on our website and the audible version, as well as the soft cover book should be out in a few weeks from now. Signing up for that newsletter will get you in the loop to be the first to hear about it. We're also going to be coming out with supernaturaljunkies.com gear with that cute cartoon logo, because some of you have been asking about that. We're going to have it on mugs, t-shirts, and hoodies, as well as stickers and magnets. If you want in on that, like I said, sign up for that newsletter. Also, if you love our podcast, we would really appreciate it if you could write us a review on any of the platforms you listen on or share this with anyone you think might be interested. I know we harp on it all the time, but that's because that review helps us get found. It helps boost us on the algorithm. And that's why we're always asking. So because we don't have a lot of reviews right now. So that would mean the world to us. Once again, we appreciate you guys. So grateful for you. Thank you and have a blessed week.